Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to thank and pay our respects to the elders, past, present, and emerging. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Well, the Wellbeing Science Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host, Blue Ngo, coming to your ears from NARM, Melbourne, Australia. Let's learn together. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Doing Well. And on today's episode, we're talking about a topic that might be a bit tough for some to listen to or just even to think about in the first place. The topic today is grit, when perseverance meets passion. This is definitely something new to me. Um, Obviously, I've heard the word grit before, but to have it in this uh, form of discussion is going to be very different. And today I'm very excited to have Anthony J. Davis Sr. with me in the studio, um, the virtual studio to talk about this. And mind you, it's really late where Anthony is, but he is joining us. um, I think it's past 10 p.m. already. And I'm just excited because he's very passionate about the topic. And uh, to give a bit of a background um, on Anthony, he's a certified empowerment speaker, writer, and coach. His desire is to help students and working professionals to address the keys to overcoming obstacles, discovering their purpose, and breaking cycles. And um, we had a quick chat earlier, and he's also very passionate about community. But I won't hold you back uh, any longer. Anthony, welcome to the podcast. And I would very much love to throw over to you to introduce a bit more about yourself to our listeners. Awesome. Well, I'm humbled to be here before you and the great audience out there. So my name is Anthony Davis Sr. As you just heard about it, um, beyond just a speaker, writer, a coach, I'm a real community activist, you know, being able to dive into aspects of dealing with youth, their families, being able to make sure that they have all the essential things that they need just so that they can, you know, be um, from a productive based standpoint, a great citizen in life overall. So regardless of what side of the track that one grows up on or the needs and or the necessities that they may or may not have, just know through, you know, grit and perseverance that through my story in itself that you can make it. So that's pretty much what I, you know, go around and I empower and give people the tools and strategies, being able to use my life as a testimony to help make sure that they, that they get there. Hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, It's definitely something that we don't hear very often, but uh, we know that it's out there and it's very important to know, you know, stories empower people, right? So I think for for us to hear your part of your story, not all of it, I'm sure that there might be more that you'll share in a little bit. Um, It's really uh, powerful. So that is why we're going to talk about grit today. And um, in my head now, there are two words, uh, obviously from the topic perseverance and passion. I'm very curious about both of them. And um, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions about them in a little bit. But for now, we would like to start our show as always with some questions to you about some of the things on your list that you want to share with us. It could be a recommendation or it could just be your personal favorite. And this section is going to be called, Have You Met Anthony? Are you ready? Yeah, let's make it happen. (laughs) All right, let's do it. 
First one, we always ask for a recommendation for a book, which might be hard, especially if you're an avid reader. For me, my favorite book is mm, like a lot of them, truthfully, especially on my Kindle. Um, <laughs> yeah. I definitely, I definitely would say my favorite book is um, probably T.D. Jakes called Destiny. Um, it's mm. a great book, you know, to help you in an alignment to your faith. And I'm real big on my faith and belief, you know, uh, with my faith in God and the fact that being able to use your destiny to, um, as that driving tool for you to get this. So I would definitely say T.D. Jake's destiny. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Beautiful. That is really close to your heart, which is why we definitely love that, uh, sharing. Thank you for sharing. And then the second one we would love to know is a movie you would recommend or a personal favorite, perhaps that you watch a lot. Definitely. Uh, my right now, I would say, especially with where I'm at in my life compared to where I was when mm -hmm. I was younger, but definitely would say devotion. It's a new movie that just came out, you know, about mm. a couple who ended up, you know, getting married and the husband going off to, you know, to serve in the, you know, for the, for the military, he ends up passing, you know, and she, you know, stayed devoted to him throughout the entire process. And I'm married, you know, so that really hit home with me and my wife, uh, even though I have not served mm. off in the military, but just that love. So my favorite movie right now is Devotion. Mm. Yeah, that sounds beautiful. I haven't heard about that before, but uh, we'll definitely put that on my list to watch uh, because it, it does sound um, like a touching story and we could all use some magic you know, through movies nowadays. So that's great. Uh, next is a must ask for us. Obviously, you are our guest today. You're on the podcast, but I wonder if you have a personal favorite podcast that you listen to perhaps on the daily or on the weekly. Definitely. I really have one right now that I listen to really when I travel, rather if it's by plane, car, you know, if I'm just walking, you know, when I'm exercising, it's called Secret to Success. It is by Eric Thomas, and he's mm -hmm. a great, another motivational speaker, you know, um, CJ Quincy also is on that podcast too. So the Secret to Success podcast by Eric Thomas, Dr. Mm -hmm. Eric Thomas. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. This is my first time hearing that name. Um, the, the podcast name and, and also Dr. Eric Thomas' name. Okay. Definitely will put that on my list as well. Very uh, great recommendations from you. All the new things. Never heard of them before. Yeah. Next one is um, a famous role model of yours or if not a famous person, then a personal role model of yours. Ooh, that's, that's two different questions right there. <laughs> I will yeah, probably you could answer just one or both. Up to you. I do both. My okay. famous famous role model is Deion Sanders, better known as Coach Prime. So um, famous, famous NFL legendary guy, you know, um, over 14, 15 years in the NFL. And as a kid, for me growing up watching American football, I wanted to be like him. So I got a chance to actually meet him uh, like twice at football camps uh, as I got older to be able to do that alongside of him was great. So. Now to the second component, which is my personal role model. My personal role model, honestly, is my little brother, Ben Mays. Aww. You know, being able to, you know, see him do great things in life and, and, and realize the different options that he had, that he has had compared to the opportunities that were presented to me 
So being able for me to look up to him and to see the greatness that he, you know, has within his life is something that I definitely strive for. Hmm. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm sure he'll be so happy when he watches this or just hears it, you know, uh, very touching. And um, I'm sure you, you could probably are one of the reasons why he's the way that he is. So it goes both ways. You know, you could be his Love personal it. role model. Who knows? Um Cool. And finally, we would love to get a recommendation from you or just uh, some bit of information about a course you've completed. Course I've completed, ooh, many of them, truthfully. I would probably say the main one there. Again, yeah. keeping the alignment of my passion dealing with youth is an active shooter drill, you know, because I do speak mm -hmm. in schools and I do, you know, a lot of networking with youth organizations and things like that and also what's going on in today's world especially you know here in america in essence of you know either mass shootings or school shootings so being able for me to be trained in that you know if a crisis does take place uh being able to be on the front mm -hmm. lines on behalf of youth you know and then knowing what to do to make sure that they're safe at all given times so i think being able to mm. have some type of skill training is something where to take place especially in a public setting when it comes down to yeah. the safety and security of people so active shooting um and active shooters mm. drill training is a course that i took mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully you're not going to have to use that skill, but definitely very useful to have. Uh, yeah. And uh, it is a major issues. And I, I feel like every time we hear the news about any of those mass shootings, it breaks our hearts no matter where we are, because I just, I just cannot fathom the fact that, you know, they're doing that to young people yep. and uh, to any humans. That is For just... What? brutal. Uh, but yeah, hopefully you're not going to have to use that skill. So uh, glad to hear you've taken that course. Um, hope you're not going to have to use it. And that wraps up our five questions in the Have You Met Anthony section. Thank you for uh, being here and sharing very honest uh, recommendations and, and things that you enjoy with us. But now this is the fun part of the conversation where we're actually going to talk about grit. We're going to talk okay. about perseverance. We're going to talk about passion. And that is going to be in the context of well-being. Uh, today, I already did a recording in the morning and it was also about well-being. Uh, but I can assure you, before I he even hear your answer, I know that's going to be different from the one that I heard this morning. So, Anthony, please tell me, what is your personal definition of well-being? Well-being, um, my personal definition for me really is a healthy state of mind, spiritually, emotionally let alone obviously physically too as well per se, but really just doing a deeper dive to ensure that you are actually well. And I'm not talking about just verbally, but literally like living it out from the inside out. We can cover up a lot of things in our lives and, you know, try to hide and or patch it. I call it the abandoned, the abandoned effect to where we put band-aids on wounds and areas of voids where we need stitches. We need those things to be closed. So therefore we say we're well, but deep down we're not. So I think well-being indicates that truthfully from a core based standpoint, the realness of who you are, that you you are that you are well and by your well-being, mm. being comfortable, happy and, you know, healthy in that standpoint. Yeah. Thank you. This morning we had a definition about well-being in, in the holistic um 
view and it did cover similarities from, you know, compared to what you just shared. Uh, but I think when you mentioned it comes from inside out, that hits really hard because um, I think for a lot of us, uh, someone can look like their well-being is great. Correct. But when you really get to know the person or, you know, when you uh, probably visit their home, you'll see that it's not actually the case, which is actually like, uh, in, interestingly enough, that kind of helped me to relate to the show Queer Eye because like, you know, there are a lot of people that on that show who, you know, on the outside looks like they're great, but actually, you know, on the inside, they they definitely need some help, especially when it comes to their well-being. So that's really good to know. And uh, I wonder, because now you have mentioned, you know, it comes from inside out. Um, and I also briefly touched on the fact that, you know, sometimes people look like they have their things together and they look Correct. like their well-being is great, but th they they don't. Have you, what have you encountered in terms of misconceptions from people when it comes to well-being? Maybe something you picked up from conversations with others or maybe something that you observed while working, especially with young people, because, you know, you're a youth advocate. So, right. yeah. What are your well, thoughts? Well, for me, one, one of the biggest misconceptions is, you know, that I end up picking up hearing or seeing a lot it is in keeping with today's time, you know, social media. You know, a lot of people, mm -hmm. a lot of youth per se and adults too as well, they try to align themselves based on what they see better known as, you know, trying to mask in a comparison to the various individuals that they have no idea what's going on, you know? So yeah. they try to compare themselves in that manner of which not knowing the same person who you think is doing well, actually not, you know? So I think being able to make sure that you understand your truth, your voice, mm -hmm. you know, those deficiencies are areas within yourself and if not, if you masquerade those things, if you cover them up for so long, at some point in time, they will get exposed. So if you don't actually handle yourself or those areas, you know, in the time frame that you need to, then unexpectedly, they're going to end up exposing you, you know, in a way that you probably didn't even imagine. So misconception for me, but definitely being able to compare yourself to someone else, just because you may put them on a pedestal for what it is you see them as, but not knowing truthfully, they really don't want to be there and they're doing it for whatever opposite objective that you think. And truthfully, deep down, a lot of them want to be just like you, you know, normal, want to be able to walk about and live, you know, pretty much everyday life. And you'll be amazed at a lot of what they tell you in comparison, they just put it on a facade. And uh, I tell people all the time, you know, don't measure yourself even to either social media and or the next person next to you, that's because their standard of truth or their measuring stick might be low. And if you don't realize that and understand that, then that means you're comparing yourself to a standard that's actually weighing below what your true potential really is. So that would definitely be the misconception of well-being for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is so common in today's society. And I agree with you. It doesn't live in just youth, but also in adults. Um, because like, I mean, this is kind of close to my heart and kind of sad to talk about, but I've noticed that, um, in, in my mom's generation, even they've started to, you know, my, my mom, my aunties, uncles, they've started to use social media so much more. 
and uh, to a point where it's kind of consuming their lives because right. some of them are retired, so they don't have much to do. And uh, we can think, we might think that, oh yeah, only young people post on social media and yeah. you know, like enjoy the attention they're getting. No, not really. You know, even oh. the older generations, they've picked that up. And um, they sometimes get really consumed by taking a million photos that you know, make them look like they're having the best time. But in reality, behind the camera, they're just, you know, like getting everyone to take their photos or rushing through a meal or not really focusing on what really matters. And, um, you, you know, because I visited my family recently in Vietnam and I was kind of like caught in that anxiety I felt because, um, you know, it, it was like a lot of interaction but not really not much substance right. in in those interactions and um lots of lots of things go on to went on to social media but when you asked me oh so what did you get out of that conversation or that hangout i'll probably say not much yeah so to me like i feel like their well-being as well as my well-being were both affected because Correct. of those kinds of interaction and and also to other people, it might look like their level of well-being is high, but in reality, perhaps not. Correct. There might be something more to it. So yeah, totally agree with you. Okay, so we have covered well-being. We have covered some misconceptions. We have set the scene to now talk about grit. Um, so I have been intrigued ever since I saw the topic. Initially, I, uh, I saw when perseverance meets passion and I kind of started to think okay how does this how does this work because this is it sounds like there's a definition right there already when you're talking about grit um, so I wonder you know I wonder how you came to uh, th this topic in the first place because you know like this topic um, I know that our team uh, found through you know discussing it with you and um, I wonder what the thinking behind it was you know how did you come to define grit as when perseverance meets passion. Or for me, you know, when it comes to grit just in itself and perseverance, they kind of all one the same, even though they have their, you know, their differences just in itself. Grit, just being able to, you know, grind it out, you know, from a hardship, regardless of one's circumstances doesn't necessarily always have to be your background. You know, it could just be a situation that you're facing currently, you know, being able to, you know, truly understand at at its core who you are you being able to you know get to that finish line get to that promised land perseverance just in itself indicates that look no matter the great great motivational speaker that i look up to his name is les brown he says no matter how bad it is or how bad it gets with the help of god i'm going to make it you know and you have to tell yourself that that even though it gets sticky it gets hard and you know you feel like days you want to give up and things may not seem as if they're going your way, but you continue to press forward. You know, I always have in my mind, small steps, great distances, you know, and just each day being able to wake up and understand that if I can just do one thing to get closer to my mark, that's my level of perseverance. So being able to tap into that level of grit on again, on the inside, a lot of times I talk about that because again, the perception oftentimes thinking that you have to have some type of external factor, even though, yes, it may feel good from an external factor when you have outside perspectives or talks or motivation or, you know, all those things. But if it doesn't, you know, formulate itself on the inside, 
once the external factors go away, rather if it's a accountability partner or rather if it's a actual physical partner that's trying to push you, if you don't determine what is on the inside of you at its core, the seed of greatness that's in you, then eventually those external factors, you know, really won't mean anything. It's because you're going to end up, you know, um, imploding, as I call it, from the inside out versus the outside in. So that perseverance, regardless of what you're facing in life, as long as you can see not just the light at the end of the tunnel. And I know we say that from a cliche based standpoint, you know, but I don't say that. I say you need to be getting closer to that light. Why? As you get closer to the light, the light gets bigger and bigger and bigger, which means movement. In order for you to get from point A to point B, you have to move. And anytime you make the forward progress allows you to know you're getting closer to that destination, you're getting closer to your finish line, you're getting closer to that promise of which I know the great Lord has told you that's going to take place in your life. And for me, again, that perseverance allows me to be so a lot of that comes from my level of grit and not giving up regardless mm-hmm. of the madness that, you know, that I was in. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more because I think, uh, sure, to some people, this might sound like a cliche, but in practice, I think yeah. uh, for, for me, at least personally, I've, I went through this and it actually felt like it. You know, when there was a really tough period, I actually felt like I was just in a dark place with no way out. So kind of like similar to the analogy of the tunnel. And then um, when, you know, when you keep going through the process and keep moving forward, no matter what, um, you slowly see a bit of light. And I think that light is hope. Um, But hope comes from perseverance because it's not going to just come out of nowhere. You know, you just got to keep going. Um, But, you know, I'm curious now because you've mentioned perseverance. Obviously, that comes from within. And that keeps us going. But how about passion? Because there are situations, right? We are talking about grit. We might talk about tough situations or we might talk about a challenge um, that we need to overcome to get to where we want to be. Uh, but how does passion work in this scenario? Because does I, I feel like it might apply to some situations rather than all of them. Uh, but I wonder what your personal um, definition and sort of thinking behind this is. For me, passion truthfully is doing what you love to do even if you didn't get paid to do it truthfully and i'm talking about the the essence of your purpose in life your call mm. you know and for me it's youth in communities being able to see families you know come together uh for me i grew up in a homeless shelter you know and and not and not having a lot of you know opportunities that were presented to me through either my family or whatever it may be but I didn't let that stop me because of the various things I had to go through. I had a stuttering problem. I mean, I, I couldn't read until the 11th grade in high school to I was supposed to be a failure and not amount to anything, you know. So that those adverse things that I had to, you know, overcome has then shifted to where I want to help other students and youth and, and, and families to overcome those things because I personally went through it you know so it's not about money in itself for me passion indicates man i'm found my purpose in which i know what i'm supposed to do as to why am i here on earth you know the question you know i typically ask like my audience you know whether it's you know adults or students what's the famous place on earth what's the most richest place on earth 
people yell out Dubai, Paris, you know, London, you know, all these different types of countries. And truthfully, the richest place on earth is the graveyard. You know, and that's because a lot of people die with their dreams, their goals, aspirations, the ideas, the inventions that never came into fruition, that never was birthed, that never came, you know, and they actually created those things because they died with them. You know, rather they held mm. on to them and rather they realized, you know what, I never really got to that level of recognizing their purpose or their passion. You know, they probably got mm. caught up with life. And I get it. it. It's mundane. You have to work. You have to do things to get your family, you know. So for me, I have to stay in alignment with my purpose and my passion because if not, I look at it again, I'm only accountable for me at the end of the day. And because I know what I have in my calling, I've accepted that. So yes, it may not be glamorous. It may not be to where I'm on television a lot or magazines or whatever it may be. I don't care, you know, because at the end of the day for me, being able to help to save, to save a life of a young individual or being able to help bring families together by providing them resources and the necessity things that they need in order for them to be, you know, great individuals, then that's all right with me. So no trophies needed, no praise, accolades, all those things that doesn't need anything to me. But as long as I know within my soul that I've helped someone to become closer and greater than what they were for them to realize their full potential. then I really believe that, you know, I've done my job and duty here as to why God has placed me here on earth. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful way of approaching the reason why passion is so important in our lives. And uh, I actually didn't think of it in the context of grit. Uh, but, you know, since you mentioned it today, it, it has started to get me to think about the reason why it's so important. Because you are right. When we're in whichever place it is, it could be, again, like a, a dark place mentally, or it could be a challenging right. place where you don't know how to get to your goal. At the end of the day, it's your passion that's, that's going to fuel it in a way. Obviously, perseverance comes from within and you need that to keep going. But if you don't have the passion, um, I think most of the time it's hard to even start because you don't even know why you're doing what you're doing, right? Let's just say, let's just say you need to achieve um, a certain goal in life, um, run a marathon, let's say. Why are you doing it? Are you passionate about running? You know, what are you passionate about? Um, and then uh, I think a lot of the times people are like, okay, let's do a marathon. I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> but that works for you. because that's your passion. Correct. I won't have the grit to do it. If it's not my passion, for example, uh, I'm actually interested in, in that, but just giving an example, I think it doesn't work for every single person because, um, I do have, I've had a lot of conversation and this is just a very small example, but I've had conversations with friends and uh, people who like to be active and some of them loves running and they're so passionate about it and they can do anything to to get through with it but other Correct. people just cannot do that all they want to do is to lift weights they yeah. can you know overcome anything to lift more weights but not running so no. <laughs> you know like that's that's just a very small example of why it's important i guess um and in your context you found your passion uh, which is why you got through, I'm sure, a lot of the tough things that must have happened throughout your journey for you to be able to get here. Um, so I think let's go back now a little bit to well-being because you have helped us to define grit in 
you know, in your uh, sort of in your way of defining it with perseverance and passion. But we just talked about well-being and we did say that well-being is something that is you know, inside out. It comes from within and then it shows on the outside as well. Now, what would be this relationship between grit and well-being? Because it's intangible. You cannot really right. see it. And a lot of the time when you say grit, people might might just say, okay, it sounds, sounds like a really good word, but I don't really need it right now. Or I, I probably just don't ever encounter a thought that would come with the word grit in it. So how do you define the relationship between grit and well-being in our daily lives or in life in general? Life in general, I mean, it's not like this, it's not like you can hang it up on a on a <laughs> clothes rack and you can see it yeah. in the store or that's not that. You know, you just have yeah. to know that you just have it, you know, and everyone taps into it, you know, in various different ways. And it may not all be the same. You can put five people together, their level of grit and or you know, well being, how they perceive it maybe slightly different. Only thing you can possibly do is just respect it. You know, so I think for one individual self, you being able to recognize that man, when you thought you couldn't make it, when that hundred foot tidal wave is gonna come in your life or that dark area, as you mentioned, you know, came, what did you do? You know, and sometimes some people don't realize what they end up overcoming until they actually come out of it. When you then can sit back and process, say, hey, how did you feel? What did you recognize about yourself? What superpowers did you end up discovering when you was in that phase? And you will be amazed. They will say, man, I, rec I came out to, to be this. I didn't know that, you know, I can really persevere. I didn't know that I had that type of level of intensity for me to not give up on myself. And I discovered that. So it's not always about, you know, it just being there. Even as you continue to grow throughout life, you know, at the age that I am now, you know, it ages someone else throughout time. And as long as you continue to open up your eyes every day, it's another opportunity for you to discover that level of grit as well as well-being based upon how it is you go about your life and how it is that you're shaping it. Again, one might see it as, you know, from a holistic based standpoint, or just from a spiritual, I do from the spiritual standpoint, you know, being in alignment, you know, that's part of my well-being just so that I can stay sane mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, I exercise those things. So I think it just goes back to the fact that no, you won't see it in the stores. You can't buy it on Amazon. You won't see it in different, you know, areas around the world. You just have to know that you have it. But when you identify your well-being, or when you identify that level of grit that you have, you can sit back, process it and see it then you can definitely add that to your tools and your awesome and realize, man, the next quest or that next challenge that I may face, I, I now have mm. some ammo that I can be able to use to continue to, mm. uh, to surmount to the next level of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good analogy. And, you know, I realized halfway through what you just shared is that when we talk about well-being, obviously there will be high points and low points in our level of well-being. And uh, as you said, I totally agree. It's, the grid is not something on display. You know that you have it, but it's not like, it's like, show me your muscles. Right. <laughs> it's very different from that, <laughs> right? So you can, yeah, I can show you my muscles, but I cannot show you my grid because that is right. something that can only be demonstrated, uh, you know, in, in tough situations or when you're going through something. And uh, I realized that when we're in our lowest, you know, at our lowest in our 
level of well-being. And that's key. That yeah. might actually be time that, you know, your grit demonstrates the most. Correct. Because if you're going through life and everything is all good and well and you don't have to worry about anything, obviously that's not going to be shown. True. And you yourself might not even see it, right? So I think the, the grand question now is we need to develop grit because we, we're not, we don't have it in the back pocket and we cannot like train it like our muscle um, where it's tangible and you can see it. But how can we develop grit? What are the abilities and what are the tips and, and tools that you think we should start looking at to develop our grit so that, you know, it's like you said, we have it in our back pocket when we need it. Being able from, I, I would just say from a standpoint of an encouragement to anybody who's listening about how you can develop it and or, you know, discovering those abilities is being able to mm -hmm. get around someone that you know that you may either admire or role model, whomever it may be. Someone, someone real, let me say that, let me not mm -hmm. just say role model, you know, someone yeah. real that you literally can call on and or, you know, connect with and just ask questions. You know, because sometimes it may just be from a feeling based standpoint. I feel like X and they can guide you, a.k.a. accountability mm -hmm. partner, accountability partner or a coach or whomever it may be to help you recognize those great things in you and to serve as someone as a reminder for you to not give up and to help you along your process to identify those particular areas. Prime example would be the times when you are more fearful versus having courage. You know, and having someone in your corner, like a boxer. If you ever watch boxing, yeah. it's a key component to boxing. Don't always look at the boxer, right? Even though that person is the two individuals in the ring of the main event, in addition to the referee, I want you to pay attention to their trainer. It's mm -hmm. the trainer that's telling them, hey, keep your arm up. Stay close mm -hmm. to your body. Watch out mm -hmm. for this. And because they listen to someone that has been training them and or someone that they trust that allows them to see a punch before it happens and or to recognize mm -hmm. and to serve as that advocate and coach, you know, in them. So my true, you know, answer for that would definitely be to, you know, be around someone who can help guide you along the way to recognize and to remind mm -hmm. you of how yeah. great you really are, even in those dark times, just so that mm -hmm. when you get you know, yourself against the ropes, like boxing, you get up against the ropes, someone that, you know, is in your corner, again, like boxing, yeah. that can remind you yeah. of how to maneuver, how to go about just so that you can fight back and really take a stand for what it is that you believe in. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Like, I totally agree. But mind you, I have to confess that I've only watched boxing once, so okay. <laughs> I don't know much about it. I've only well, watched it maybe, once. They would just encourage you to not, you know, not, not <laughs> saying you need to watch the whole thing, but even if you YouTube clip to see it, like, oh, this is what he was talking about at the corner. That guy in the corner, that lady in the yeah. corner. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the fun thing is I'm very keen to sign up for a boxing class that, yeah, like it's it's been on my to-do list. I'm going to do that because I hey. think it's... <laughs> Better to do it in practice. It's like it's on my list. Got to do it. Um, and, you know, I think it it is true, the importance of the people around you, right? And this is not just uh, a mentor or someone who's experienced, but like you said, it could be anyone that you know Correct. in person that you can look up to. Or perhaps someone who actually went through tough times and demonstrated exactly. that 
their level of grit is really high and just ask them about the process and have their encouragement because, you know, they've done it. So it's more likely that you can do it too. That's what I've noticed. When you surround yourself with people who have done something, it's more likely that you're going to achieve the same thing. And that's key. And the reason why I say that's key, and I totally agree with everything you just said, is because oftentimes, you know, when you're going through situations, circumstances, or what have you, and you start to, I guess, see some things in you. And if you're not familiar with it, you're probably thinking, okay, what's going on with me? And what if you have someone you can call on or someone that you can, like a community in a sense, you know, some, some people that you can bounce ideas off over, hey, this is what I'm feeling and or thinking, they can validate it and or they can, you know, kind of help line and direct you in a sense to help recognize some of those great things that you're probably thinking it weird. Wait a minute. I feel this probably without even realizing it, you're growing, you know, I yeah. remember when I remember when I was a kid, they used to always say growing pains, you know, and I'm like, man, mm. why do I feel like this? So like, why are my legs feeling like this? Why am I hip flexion? Cause you're growing, you know, but in order for me to know that I was growing, I had to get around some people that really understood and know what was going on, you know, and that allowed yeah. me to then realize and see, okay, so this is just part of the development that I need as I mature from one phase, you know, as an adolescent to a young man front to, you know, a, a, a man and being to, you know, where I'm at right now. So yeah, that's big. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, you know, like I, I feel like part of that as well would probably be a component called growth mindset, yes. which I, I, first of all, initially I didn't think about when I read the the topic, uh, but when I read the research that our team did and, and the questions that, you know, they've co-collaborated with you to sort of create, I realized that a very big component of that is growth mindset, because a lot of people might say, I'm in this uh, situation, I'm in this pitfall, I'm never going to get out of it. While somebody else might say, well, I'm having this situation, Correct. I'm working on it even though it's, it seems like there's no way out. So I think the difference there really is also the growth mindset. True. Obviously you need perseverance, you need the passion for whatever you're working on, um, but you also need to have that growth mindset to really you know, overcome whatever it is that you're facing because it's easy to say there's no way out, there's no solution, I give up. So easy, but it's so much harder. And this is how you demonstrate grit, right? It's I, I feel like there's a correlation between the two because you're demonstrating grit by saying, I can do it. I can overcome this, even though it's hard. And oftentimes people do that, you know, because uh, it's easy to tap out. It's easy to, you know, just, it's easy to kind of, in a sense, act on how you feel. And what I yeah. mean is, I, mean, I don't feel like getting up or I don't feel like, you know, reading this book. I don't feel like taking this course. or I don't feel like going to work or whatever it may be, you know? And for me, again, this is Anthony Davis speaking, you know, I, I'm a real, I'm real big on principles, you know, and I always tend mm -hmm. to tell myself that uh, behind your feelings is nothing, but behind every principle is a promise. You know, what are mm -hmm. you standing on? You know, your feelings are going to come, they're going to go. Some days you want to be up, maybe you're going to feel like you're down, you know? And mm -hmm. however, but what, what do you, what is your foundation? What are your, what is your value system? And for me, when it yeah. comes down to growth mindset is being able to expand on the very things that that is your mind, that is your foundation, AKA mm -hmm. a house, you know, I've never seen mm -hmm. a house for me, just a flat 
foundation. People build the foundation. They create the foundation just so that they can then build upon it. To me, that represents yeah. the growth mindset because you're just adding more important layers and, and the slabs and then the roof and then the windows, all those components to make something complete, which is going to benefit yeah. you in the long run and then definitely essentially those who you are connected to. So um, it can be for reading. You know, you just want to mm -hmm. expand your vocabulary or you just want to be able to help sharpen your your craft, your gift, your talent, whatever that is that you're going to do and or just your way of life of being, aka well-being. Uh, so that growth mindset allows you to see that there's more depth than what you probably know. And as you mm -hmm. continue to expand your mind mentally, spiritually, you know, emotionally as well in that thing, in that area and or in that gift or talent, then it allows you to see uh, you can do a whole lot more than what you probably think in just your world, your community, and your house, just in itself that there's more out there to um, get you there. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's interesting when people mention things like growth mindset, grid, you know, all the big words, right? But yeah. in, in practice, it's actually broken down into little things that you do on the daily or just it. things that you need to, you know, like things that you need to look at differently in the first place. Because a lot of the times, again, it's easy to tap out. Like you said, it's easy to say, I give up. There's nothing I can do about it. But once you realize that you have the knowledge and the tools to actually do things differently, like you said, expanding on your knowledge, um, because when you know better, you do better, right? Correct. That's when you see the difference. And I think for a lot of people, it's just uh, not having the right tool. Like, um, you know, maybe they don't, they didn't get to know about you, Anthony, and they didn't know that, oh, you know what? Like I can actually develop my grit through perseverance and passion. Um, right. And uh, maybe they don't know that, well, if I have the growth mindset, I can work on whatever it is that I'm going through and I can develop my grit. It is. Little things like that. It's kind of like a, like a cycle in, in a way. And yeah, I think which is importantly, it's, it's important to start somewhere. Um, what I've realized is to, to really talk to others about this. Cause we didn't mention previously that it's important to surround yourself with people that can bring that, uh, to you, right. Can sort of be your accountability partner, buddy, or a mentor, if, if you will, if you can identify that person, but at the same time, um, and, and I think you might relate to this a lot. If you work with young people and you, you have young people surrounding yourself or people that might struggle a little bit when it comes to this area, spread the message, you know, Correct. be that person and, and involve them in the process. Because, um, I remember that, um, I had this conversation with, uh, my, my best friend not long ago, and we were kind of talking about, uh, let's just say a tough work culture. Uh -huh. And, um, I was talking to her and I was just like pointing out the good things. And then all of a sudden she said, that's why I really love talking to you. Cause you are just so positive. And I was like, Oh really? No. But when I talk to you, I get perspectives. So then in that conversation, I realized that you, you know what, while I might be the positive one, she's the perspective one. So, you know, like it, it, it kind of adds to one another, like you got to, identified area that you might need help with. Um, because if you don't have the knowledge in the first place, correct, 
you're not going to be able to persevere through the situation because you really genuinely see no way out. Correct. I think perspectives really matter. It does. Definitely. No doubt. I yeah. totally agree with that. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we have mentioned growth mindset. We've talked a bit about how growth mindset can help us uh, to develop our grit. But now we're talking about well-being, right? Let's go back. Uh, we're, we're kind of going into detail a lot. So I want to go into well-being because it's important to develop grit. By this point, we've, we've established Correct. that it is the case. However, our team did some uh, research and, and they sort of wanted to also look at the other perspective when there's too much grit. I don't know <laughs> if this is a thing. <laughs> I don't know if there's such a thing, but I saw that and I found it interesting because like, I mean, if I look at my well-being and I'm like, if I can persevere through anything and just have grit through anything, I'll be great. So I wonder if you've ever encountered a situation or, you know, from your from your work, have you ever come across the concept of having too much grit to the point that it's bad for you? Has that happened? I would probably say yes. You know. Mm. Um, How so? You know, I'm curious you. now. <laughs> Because you can get so focused to where you forget to live. And also you intend to, you know, push people away that essentially we're supposed to, or was sent to you to assist you. You know, you tend to, you know, so gun hole, give you a prime example. For me in high school, I had, uh, you can say I had so much grit to the point where I really did need indeed much in high school. I was so narrow focused on, you know, getting this, getting out of the homeless shelter to, you know, focus on graduating to where I pushed people away. I mean, people that, man, I had, I realized what they were trying to come to my life to do to actually help me. Then I would have saw a little different, but because again, I was so, you know, gun hole and determined to do something. I saw it as anybody get in my way. I got to get in my mind, you know, and it, it, it hardened me. It didn't yeah. allow me to really, you know, embrace, you know, trueness, meaning love or, you know, I guess attention in a sense that I needed to the point where once I achieved my goal, you know, I didn't have anybody to celebrate with, you know, cause I had our, mm. I had pushed so many people away cause I was just so, so, so mm. greedy. I was so, I was so in grind mode and, you know, I'm just yeah. going to do it. I got to achieve it, you know, and, and it was real hard. So a lot of times the downside to having too much of it comes off, you know, to the point where inadvertently mm. you end up shooting off the very things that were more than likely coming to assist you to help, you know, keep you in a good rhythm and a good balance in itself with your life. Because otherwise yeah. you will be so narrow-minded and so zeroed in to the point where you mm. forget to live and the next thing yeah. you know, it's gone today and you won't have yeah. it tomorrow. I feel like you're talking to me because that happened to me last year. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I have this project to work on. I'm just going to focus on it and just do not talk to me. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's interesting when, when you demonstrate that because I was like, initially I was like, I don't think that's a thing. Like, how can you have too much grit? But you know what? That's true. That's true. When we focused too much on the goal yeah, and not on the big picture, because again, well-being is about everything in our lives. It's not about one thing, right? Correct. It could be um, you could achieve well-being um, through 
you know, feeling good about what you're doing in life, passion and purpose. Um, but you might neglect your physical health and mental health. There you go. And that's exactly so, what I did. Yeah. So that is true. Yeah. It is true. Can <laughs> confirm with audience. <laughs> it has happened. <laughs> so watch out for it. So I guess, you know, with that, I would love to ask you for some tips. You know, when, when that happens, it's very likely that you're not going to catch it. Correct. Yourself. Correct. So how, how can we make sure that we build in some sort of checkpoint with ourselves or mechanism to know that we're very, you know, we have a lot of grit. We're very, you know, which is persevering and very determined and doing what we are supposed to do for our goals and, and passion perhaps, but not to the extent, uh, that we are costing our own mental health, physical health, and perhaps our relationships. Well, you know, there's no magic one, magic answer for me to say, it. you know, for me, my recommendation definitely would be to, you know, have a community and again, accountability partner. How do you know, how, how would you really know if you had something on your face? You would need a mirror, which means you would need an yeah. assistant in a sense of someone to see it and a reflection, you know, of that, because otherwise you can get in grind mode you can so much grit you can get into it to the point where you don't even realize or see you become numb to it to the point where you don't even recognize it the fact that you're just this locomotive going and then people mm. on the outside are trying to encourage you you might want to slow down you might end up burning out too fast and if you don't have that and again it's not people who are trying to you know discourage you or trying to get you to not get to the goal. They just, they really care about your well-being as we were talking about, you know, with that. Yeah. So again, having yeah. genuine and authentic individuals who really, yeah. you know, care about you and care about you enough to be, you know, honest with you, you know, and that also yeah. means saying no, you know, to mm -hmm. you and care that much about you too. Not in a sense of, you know, not rooting for you to get to the goal, but care enough about you and your life to even, even if it says, Hey, you know what? We've ended the friendship. I'd rather end the friendship. Nor the fact I've told you the truth because I care about your life versus me not telling you the truth. And you still end up, you know, ruining your life and I watch you do it. You know, so those mm -hmm. are the things I believe by having someone or, or individuals that you can really yeah. count on. It's not about 10,000 people, you know, so please don't think that you need to have 10,000. No, you need a good one to three real or yeah. poor people in a sense that genuinely care that want to see you yeah. make it just so that when you get in that mm. mode, they can remind you, you heal it. Stop. Yeah. Br breathe. You know, it's okay. And then, all right, now let's get back to it, but more so in yeah. moderation versus, versus how you were doing it before. Mm. Oh, yeah, totally. That reminds me of uh, two different instances where this has happened. One is going back to my story earlier, my other best friend at one point came to me and he was like, shut the laptop. And I was like, no. Then you see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That happened. I was like, no, I have stuff right. to do. And he's like, why? And I'm like, because I have to do it. It's important. But then now that I think about it, is it really that important? Can it wait till tomorrow? Probably yes. There you go. So, you know, like I, I had those reminders, but it's also a matter of receiving Correct. the signals as well. Because the other story that I can tell you is 
while somebody else is identifying what I need to do better for my well-being, I also identified something in one of my best friends um, from middle school. So we've known each other for a very long time. And I noticed that she's demonstrating grit uh, through, through, you know, going through her job and just doing the best she can. But I did notice that she's also suffering a lot because of the job. And I did point out to her that there's no boundary at the moment. And it might be a good idea for you to slow down and ease up on it and just really focus on yourself because that it's just, it's just crazy. Like I did work a lot of hours, but I don't work like, I mean, to midnight at least, but she did that. And I was like, okay, this is like a crazier case of me. And I really need to stop this from happening. But she didn't listen because she was like, oh, there's nothing I can do about it. It's like this. I mean, the nature of the company is the organization is different from, from the place that I work at. So obviously there, there are certain things that we can and cannot do, but then I posed the question to her. All right. So if you cannot change the work environment and you cannot even say no to your direct managers, can you change your environment? I think you can, but she was unwilling to do that for some, some other reasons. So it's also a matter of receiving the signal because, you know, someone can give you all the signals in the world and telling you exactly what to do um, and, and give you the direction, but you can still be that person to say no to what you should be doing. So well, I guess it's also a matter of, you know, taking in the perspectives and being open-minded enough to receive it. And that's true. You know, uh, sometimes, you know, even in your path and you being the encourager, you're the one that's also receiving it to as well. And sometimes along your path, you may not necessarily see the sign of that or hear or pay attention to those who are trying to get you to stop. And, you know, the old, it, it, no different than the old saying, you know, you can tell someone to not touch the hot stove and they touch the stove and, but they had to feel it, <laughs> you know, but then even though they touched the hot stove, even though they were told not to, they're going to remember, yeah. man, someone did tell me not to, but I had yeah. the experience. I had to follow my face or for me to then realize and even then, it's important for that support system that probably did try to warn their friend or loved one about something that they were going to possibly experience if they didn't slow down mm-hmm. and or stop. The key part about that aspect is that when that person does fall, that support system is still there to help pick them back mm-hmm. up versus saying, I told you so. You know, hmm, yeah. because we because True. we've all been there. You know, we've all been in a point where someone tried to advise us to do something that we were trying to do. We went left when we went right, and we went left and then ended up facing the consequences of going left. But <laughs> when we <laughs> when it was time to make the U turn to go back to the right, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, we we may have heard I told you so, but being able to still have that those individual individuals or the individuals be there with open arms and say hey all right did you learn what did you Mm. learn the fact that you went left okay now the fact that you got all of your feelings out and or that knowledge you needed to gain now let's retrace our steps and let's start doing things right you know and Mm. that's what i mean by having someone or individuals that genuinely care about you they care more about yeah. you than the mission. They care more about you than the fact that they benefit by being with you. They really care about your life in a sense because they see great things in you 
And sometimes you have to tap into their belief in you until your belief actually kicks in, you know, yeah. and then from there, you'll be able to skyrocket and go from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So true. It goes both ways, you know? Yes. So again, this is, I think it, a very conf important component is just be open-minded, you know, whether you're the ones giving the direction or the one receiving them, receiving. It's, yep. it's important for you to even know, know what you're talking about and know what you're hearing, acknowledge yep. it. And maybe you have to make the mistakes to learn, True. but and at least you have I, the information. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we've done, uh, a lot of work into like, you know, discussing, dissecting and talking about grit. But now I want to, you know, get a bit more practical, especially for our audience. They might wonder, All right. Really okay. good. Uh, Anthony and Lou, we know you're talking a lot about grit and passion, perseverance and growth mindset. But what does that look like in action? You know, like my life is great now, but I would love to develop grit. How should someone go about that? What is something they can try building into their practice and habits so they can develop their grit little by little? Little by little, truthfully, is one, recognize what it is that you do feel. Let's just, I, mm. again, this is me. It would be my first practice for you to recognize it, rather if it's fear, rather if you're, mm. you know, rather if you've literally feeling your heart beating fast, if you're nervous, you have to feel it, you have to recognize it. But if you just shoot past it, you know, these could be signs of anything. So the first one is you being able to recognize what it is that you feel physically, spiritually, or emotionally, mentally too as well. Then the second step, would be for you to align what it is that you feel with your principles. Is this an alignment? Is this going against my value system? Or is this actually in alignment with my value system slash my principles? And then, mm. you know, from there, you making a true conscience, a conscious decision mm -hmm. on executing it or, you know, swallowing your pride and say, you know what, this goes against my value system. This goes against what I stand for, let me say no, let me, you know, muster up that, that faith and courage to put it down or muster up that faith and, faith and courage to say, you know what, I'm going to do it, especially if it aligns with, you know, who I am. So that, that grit and perseverance, you know, again, the first step would be to actually feel what it is and be aware of what you feel. Next one is you being able to recognize and see if it aligns with your bio systems, that's uh, your principles. And then the third one is you making a conscious decision to lead, you know, mm. act on it rather than you really operating in the no or the yes component and then going from there. Mm. Yeah, I think that it depends on different situations, right? Yeah. And it's not that you're going to encounter situations all the time. Um, and I, I think a lot of our other guests recommend journaling as a Correct. good habit for, you know, well-being in general and also for any, uh, some other uh, activities as well. So I think this is something that they can probably log in their journal. Um, you know, it, it can come up uh, every now and again, but as long as you, let's say journal on the daily and remember to capture what goes through that particular day, you'll notice what it is that you need to face. Um, because I think we do, we do have a certain level of um, let's just say, if not fear, then concern about certain things Correct. on the daily. No doubt. And for us to be able to, you know, go on, get on with our days, uh, that already demonstrates, you know, building that grit to me. That seems like there's a lot of perseverance 
that that goes into that so you can you know go to the next day and still do what you're supposed to do while True. you know dealing with whatever you're worried about no i agree i totally totally agree with yeah. that you know i was going to say mm -hmm. journal journaling as well but i didn't want to say the tradition because i know a lot of people say that <laughs> so i want to say something yeah. more yeah. You know, so that's the reason why I was like, you know, I thought you just well, you know, I mean, acknowledge it. Doesn't you know? have to be, yeah. So, it right. doesn't and, have and to a, be journaling. Correct. And a lot of people they, they may not journal, but that's why I said hey, you, you just being able to acknowledge what it is that you feel. Mm. And some people do it differently. Yeah. Some people meditate. Some people yeah. meditate. That's their way yeah. of acknowledging whatever it is that they're feeling. And some people go to counseling. That's a practical way of doing mm. it too. Meditating as well. Exercising. Very true. You know. So I got more specific as to what it is, mm. but regardless of how you're you know trying to figure it out just acknowledge what it is so i do right mm -hmm. i exercise mm -hmm. yeah i pray the whole night so yeah mm -hmm. i agree yeah it means there is different yeah mm. we've actually mentioned meditation and journaling quite a bit on on this show but i think uh this is probably the first time someone's brought up counseling so maybe sure. we can look into that as a as a new thing as a new practice that people can try so let's just say this a person would like to develop their grit and they decided that you know what i need to unpack my issues i need to go to counseling it can be daunting the first time obviously because Correct. you know they're going to open up to another human being how often should they go about doing this it, obviously it's the first time so if if they do that on the weekly i don't know if that's going to be too daunting what do you think? How should they go about approaching counseling if it's super new to them? It all depends on one's preference, you know, mm. and someone may, depending upon what it is, what, whatever issues and or thoughts they're trying to convey or need just help with in general. I don't want to make it seem as if counseling is all bad because it's not, you know, so yeah. it all depends on one's preference. Some go on monthly basis, some do it bi bi-weekly. You know, so mm -hmm. it all depends on what it is you're trying to unpack and or recommendations from the counselor, you know, to say, hey, mm -hmm. maybe, you know, this is something that, you know, we can do biweekly. Why? It's because even though, you know, you are being, you know, coached through certain maybe adverse situations or decisions you're trying to weigh out, oftentimes even during your session, they give you homework, you know, so yeah. you don't want to rush a lot of things because, you know, the practical takes time, especially when you're trying to do something against what what it is that probably has kind of gotten you there anyway. So which means mm -hmm. AKA habits. And oftentimes we develop mm -hmm. bad habits that puts us in situations that it's gonna take us a while to get out of, which means we have to counteract those habits. And that's what's gonna take time. So, you know, you mm -hmm. may go for for me, you know, I went to counseling for bandit, you know. And the fact that I was abandoned, you know, as a child, you know, and that took some time, you know, that was a yeah. very, very long time, you know, for me mm -hmm. to get over. It wasn't every week because of the mm -hmm. homework and the practical things. And it wasn't a lot of homework. It was like one simple thing. Looking back on the mm -hmm. retrospect, it was simple. But at that time, mm -hmm. it was hard. I felt like Jeff, yeah. and that one assignment was hard, but I'm glad it took two weeks for me to do it because mm -hmm. I started to build a reputation. You know, I started to gain momentum before going mm. back to my session just so I can give a great report. Because once I did that, then I got the yeah. next assignment and went from there. But again, it all depends on one's preference and or recommendation, you know, from the counselor mm. to figure out how often yeah. they should go. 
Mm, absolutely. Yeah, totally agree with you and depend on the severity of the issue as well. Correct. Um, because it could it could be that, you know, someone is saying, you know, you know what, I'm going to face a new chapter in life very soon. And I wonder if I actually have grit and I can go through that. So I would Correct. very much like to try it. So I think if, if you're in that scenario, it might be good to just do that monthly. You don't even have to do that bi-weekly or weekly. But yeah, for somebody else who needs a bit more support um, to go through something that's tough. And in your situation, that is like the toughest thing that anyone could ever go through. You know, so that might require a lot of work and, you know, doing so much more, more frequently. So depending on each situation. But yeah, that is true. Um, and I think uh, timing wise, uh, obviously, there's always that question, how do I find time to do it? You know, and I feel like counseling is just not something that you say, I don't have time for. It's kind of like a priority if you if you ever identify the need for it right I'm, I'm sure something similar must have happened when when you identified the need to go to counseling it it became a priority yeah how did you actually uh, put time in your diary because you know our, our, our lives are structured differently each person might have a different level of busyness so you know how should you how do you recommend us um, approaching that if let's say someone is a very busy, maybe working multiple jobs, um, you know, stressed out and, you know, like they need to take care of their family. Because um, I know that a lot of people have to do that. How do, how should they go about setting time, for, setting up time for themselves to go to counseling and m prepare themselves mentally as well? Well, let's just call it what it is. And let's just be honest with you. Let's be honest all together. No one's working 24 hours a day. Call it what it is, you know. And truth is, you make time for what it is that you deem as important to you. And again, you may be a teenager, you may be an adult, 25, 30, 40, 50. At whatever point in time you then feel and think it's time for me to go get counseling, then you do that. But no different than with the cartoon character or when the light bulb goes off. Light bulb goes off from people at various different phases and times in their life, you know, so... Um, when it comes down to making the time, when you do it, you want to then schedule it in a in, in a way, in a fashion, because it's important to you. Some go after work, some go before work, some go. I know people that have gone during lunch, you know, yeah, they, 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 they make the time. And if it is, again, if it's important to you, you're going to make it just like anything else, just like hanging out with friends. Or what have you, mm. because you know this is a a component in my life, and or something that could be a mechanism that is hindering me from getting to that pinnacle that I know in my life. Trust me, no matter what it is, you won't make the sacrifice. It's an hour or two hour session because you know I'm trying to get to a vet, better version of myself. In order for that to happen, you're gonna have to make the time. But whenever you do so. You're then going to reap the benefits of it in the long haul versus continue to delaying it. And no job, yeah. I'm telling you now, no job, no nothing else would be important in a sense to where you continue to put yourself on the back burner. What I mean by yourself, I'm talking about the true areas in your life that you know you need healing. You need, you know, fixing or you need some issues and things to resolve again, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, psychologically. And when you're determined and when your mind is made up to say, okay, 
I've done enough yeah. for family. I've worked two and three jobs. I've done all these things. I feel like I'm in the, I feel like I'm in a rat race. I need to make a change. And when you do so, you're going to prioritize. So it's not about the fact you don't have the time. It's just not a priority. And once mm. you make it a priority, trust me that everything else around you will then benefit even greater than what you thought you was doing before. Because there's no mm -hmm. point in you feeling and thinking that you're going to run yourself into the ground because you're trying to be there for everyone else. You're taking care of everybody else's needs uh, financially or you're physically being there for people. But what about you? When is it going to time? When is it going to be time for you to start healing you? Because it's hard to really pour if you're coming from an empty cup. So it's mm -hmm. time for you to replenish those things, for you to recognize, again, your gifts and talents and attributes, or just to be, you know, loved on in a sense. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you don't have that, then what else would you want to be able to give those who are connected to you? So some mm -hmm. people all the time, you know, no different than your cell phone. You won't let yeah. your cell phone go dead. I don't care who you are. You wouldn't you will think <laughs> you you see your cell phone on one percent, you're gonna try to find any and every outlet possible to try to plug in. But that's how you have to be so sure. oh, so serious, you know. I, I'm sorry, I gotta make it practice. Yeah. I gotta make it real. But you have to see you have to see that same aspects when it comes to your well being. When it comes to mm -hmm. your mental health, when it comes to, you know, every faucet, when it comes down to your life, it's man. You yeah. have to recognize, like I said before, you got to recognize, become aware of these things. I'm one 1%. And if I keep letting other people or other things, jobs, money, family, drain me dry, I'm going to be on mm -hmm. zero. And guess what? They won't have what it is that they normally would get. So I have to go and recharge myself in order for that yeah. to happen. You got to put that, you got to put the phone, you got to put the phone in the plug, let it sit <laughs> and allow it to yeah. recharge just so it can get back to 100 and you're better on 100 than zero. Mm. Yeah, so beautifully put. I mean, if that's not convincing people, then I don't know what else will because it's <laughs> not just this particular practice of counseling. I feel like that but, applies to everything else in life. You know, we, whatever it is that you're doing is just... You can look at your time, see how you're spending right. your time, and then you you'll see what you're prioritizing. And you know, like uh, I I looked at my time spent on activities, and I'm like, okay, this needs to change. Um, and yeah, it's just like you said, you gotta make it a priority. Otherwise, it's just never gonna make it to the list. So it's absolutely true. It's gonna be um, for for most of us tough change, especially yeah. to pick up a new practice, a new habit, but. At the end of the day, it's going to be worth it because it's self-work. And yeah, you're going to fill your cup so that you can actually pour to yeah. others as well. Great. So we have covered the practice part as well. Um, I'm pretty sure at this point it's getting really late where you are. Uh, but we have one interesting question from the okay. audience that I would love for, for you to address. Sure. Uh, the question is actually about uh, IQ. So uh, this is like a, a interesting to me when I saw it because just like perseverance and passion, I didn't make the I didn't connect the dots because the question is about the correlation between grit and level of IQ. Is it possible for anyone to be gritty or only the smart ones? Sure so interesting. Yeah. Anyone can actually be gritty. Be honest, mm -hmm. which it's not about it's not about the intellect, 
aspects and things, you know, then I gave my personal story. I couldn't, I could not read until I was almost graduating high school, you know, but I discovered my level of, you know, determination and courage and fight and hunger, you know, through that process. And that's what allowed me to do so. So I wasn't always the smartest in the room or, you know, that to have the, the best aspects when it came about to education or you know, intellect. However, I did have what is called a want to attitude. My college mm -hmm. coach had always told us, you know, it's a want to attitude, no matter, you can have more degrees than a thermometer. You can be the smartest and the, the uh, genius or what have you, it doesn't matter. It's a want to attitude because no one can take that from you and you have to develop that again from the inside out. There's no book on it. You just have to see it and recognize it when it comes up and then push it forward. And that's the only thing that I did. So it's not about you having a, you know, it's only for individuals with high IQs. Do you want it? Yes or no? Perfect. There's yeah. a lot of individuals out here, you know, in the world that did not have a 4.0 GPA or have 10 million degrees, scratch that. You know what you need mm -hmm. to get to, you know, that that goal, that end result, that mark, that standpoint that you need to have. Yeah. Just use everything that God is giving you on the inside. Allow that to push you much further than anything on the outside that's trying to come in. Mm. Yeah, very true. All of us, we, we would have our own drive, our own passion, and Correct. that would feel the... Yeah. The grit building component, right? It doesn't matter if we are the smart one in the room because we're all the same. We're all humans and Correct. we all have things that we want to work towards. So totally agree with you. And thank you for sharing that. I think it's, it would be sort of like an affirmation for those who are in doubt, you know, especially, um, I, I know for a lot of kids, right? Well, for example, I remember my high school days, major self-doubt. So if there are you know, young people out there listening to this, uh, hopefully they take one thing from it, that whoever you are, wherever you are in life, which, whichever stage it is, no matter what you have, you can always build grit because you have it in you. Yeah. So wonderful. Well, I can talk about this all day and continue <laughs> on with the discussion, but I'm conscious of time and would very much love for you to call it a night. I know it's super late there, um, but now it's actually your chance to talk about your passion and um, what is a better way to close this out. And, um, you know, before we say goodbye to talk about your passion, you briefly mentioned that a bit earlier already, but this is your open mic. Please share anything and everything that you would love us to know about your passion, um, what we should do, you know, if we can to participate and be a part of it, anything that you would like to share, take it away. Well, for me, you know, my passion, yes, is youth and communities, families, again, talking about school and, you know, professionals, whatever it may be regarding those things. But I want to make sure that you as an individual understand who you are, what you actually possess and the great gifts and talents that I know the great Lord has, you know, placed inside of you. And I do that day in and day out, you know, at schools, organizations, communities, I'm in the streets, literally, you know, it doesn't matter where a kid is, a teenager, I will meet them where they are. You know, I do speaking engagements, events private coaching sessions as well, you know, and all of those things on my website, you know, I'm not here to promote that, 
I just want you to understand, you know, talking about somebody who has went through adverse, you know, situations, you know, traumatic experiences. And I just want to be able to tell my story and give some great tips and strategies on how you can take that same, you know, adverse situation and then turn it in a way for your advantage. So, and from that, you know, allows any, anybody, you know, to reach their level of greatness, to reach their full potential in life. So regardless of what side of the track that you grew up on, regardless of the evidence of things that you currently are seeing right now, it doesn't matter. Look, if you develop a yellow grit, you persevere and you have that want to attitude, you can go from what people may view as the pit to being in the palace. And I'm not talking about a physical palace. I'm talking about the palace of which you know, man, I've arrived at this point in my life for when I thought I couldn't make it. You know, I've arrived at this point in my life for when people gave up on me, when I wanted to give up on myself, you know, those things of which I'm talking about, the palace and you being able to see the process as you progress towards your goal. So it's not necessarily so much about the end goal, although yes, you want to get there. For me, when I go in schools, go in organizations, even when I go on corporate America and I do presentations and keynote speakings, you know, I encourage people to look at the process because when you look back on things, that's how you have to see it. And along your process, who are you bringing along? Who are you impacting? You never know. I hope and pray about me being on this, you know, podcast tonight that I get a chance to at least hope and inspire at least one person. That's just me, you know, because at the end of the day, there are three things of which they really, that are really going to stick out for you in your life. And of the three, one of them is most important. The first one is your date of birth. You know, obviously you're born at a particular date and time and frame in, in, in this world and you're here. The second one is the dash. And that indicates your existence right now. And then the third one is the date of your demise. That's when people go to, you know, reverence and, and pay honor and homage to the life you live based off of what you did during the dash. That's the reason why you see on people's graveyards to see the date of their birth, the dash, and the date of their demise. That's because based off what they've done in the dash will determine a lot of things about their life. So the fact that you're mm -hmm. in the dash right now, and I'm also talking about running, as you're running your own race, you're running in your lane, those are the things of which you need to be able to understand and do. So even though yeah. you may feel like you know, you are in quicksand. It feels sluggish and, and mean mug. Ah, but don't give up. And that's exactly what I tell people all the time. Because again, at the end of the day, what do you want someone to say about your life at the end on the day of your demise when people are talking about you to say, hey, even though, you know, Anthony Davis did X, Y, and Z, this is what I learned from him, and I'm glad that he went through that, that he grew through that, because that inspired me to keep going. So you never know who's watching you. You never know who's mm -hmm. hoping for you to make it. And trust me, you have more people mm -hmm. rooting for you than what you think against you. Aww. That's my time. Thank you. Yeah.
Thank you. Well, that's beautiful. So beautifully put. I have nothing to add. Um, but yeah, I think it's a really uh, wonderful reminder to all of us to live a life true to ourselves and uh, contribute in ways that we can, right? Because you're so passionate about supporting youth and other people might share the same passion or have their own passion. We're all Correct. in the dash right now. So it's, it's a matter dash. of us yeah. figuring out what it is that we want to do in this life. Correct. And uh, yeah, I, I guess that's go that goes back to to the passion that we've been talking about throughout this conversation. Uh, so thank you so much for being here today, for sharing your insights. And how can our listeners find out more about you, or if someone would like to collaborate with you, how can they reach out to you? Well, you can definitely go on my website, which is absolutelydetermined.com. That is my website. You can also email me at absolutelydetermined two the number two at gmail.com you know you can i'm on instagram too as well absolutely determined as well um tiktok people follow me on tiktok same thing absolutely determined and you know facebook anthony davis you know senior but mainly if you go on the website it has all of my social media outlets on there again absolutely determined.com is the general, you know, pretty much the general avenue where you can then connect with me, book me, talk, coaching session, podcast opportunities, and see it, see what it is we can do to help change and better the world. Awesome. Thank you. And I honestly, I genuinely love the name that, that you've come up with. Absolutely <laughs> determined. When I saw Thank that in you. my inbox, I was like, I should be determined today. It's absolutely <laughs> determined. Talking yes. to absolutely Yes, I really ma'am. love that. Thank you. Thanks for being here. And um, no I know it's super late, so enjoy your evening. Thank Hopefully you. we'll have you back some other time. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. You've been listening to Doing Well, the Wellbeing Science Insights podcast produced by the Wellbeing Science Labs, a division of LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. More episodes are available from 10 Life Management Perspectives and can be found by searching LMSL on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, and other podcasting apps available on your devices. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, share, and subscribe to our channel so that other people can find it and we can continue to provide quality content. More of our work can be found on our website at we.lmsl.net, where you can join our movement. I'm Lu Ngo. Thanks for tuning in.